Hi there, and thanks for joining us. A good podcast ahead. Two interesting stories on different ends of the spectrum. One young company that's recovered from a difficult period and another older firm on how it grew into a global brand. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business. The Red Business Podcast with CompuBee. Building your business with premium Apple solutions. CompuBee.com. And on this podcast, we are talking to Cork Business Royalty, somebody who has been involved with her own business, her family business for many years, but has now moved to the point where she is imparting a lot of that valuable information to the next generation. And the thing is, you know the brand extremely well. Colette Toomey, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Jonathan. You are famous because you are the owner of Clonakilty Food Company. Now, let's go back to the very beginning here because you grew up in a family farm in Menanbridge, right. so right. you were always very close to the animals when they were alive. Yes. How did it translate to selling them when they'd passed on? Oh, it wasn't any bother. It wasn't any bother, really. Um, I suppose um, when I was growing up and I I was following a totally different career and, and all that, and then I met um, Eddie Toomey and he had just, he was buying a butcher shop in Clonakilty and I suppose that was the introduction to well I suppose that bring growing up on a farm you'd see animals everywhere and you know you'd see um, cows being born and calves being you know cow, um, cows being milked and lambs being born everything like that so you, I suppose you have a, a very broad um, outlook on things and um, yeah I got married in 1977 and um, the butcher shop so then it was, it was meat, meat, meat was the was See, the and then, thing. We all go through life, those of us who aren't from farming stock, the food just magically appears on the shelf, mm. you see. We don't mm. think about the middle bit, but meat. obviously when Eddie opened the butcher shop, uh, it was all hands and it, it, a dirty business in many ways. It, it, it was, it, it is, because it, there is no um, clean way of handling meat and, well, you know, there is now because there's gloves and there's all the rest of it. But that time the, the butcher shops were... Um, they, they they were fairly basic. They were fairly basic. There was sawdust on the floor, and there was the butcher's block, and you know you wiped the knife and different things. But they didn't seem to have the same bugs then that are alive. <laughs> well, I think probably we were uh, we were probably less immune to them Absolutely. than we are now. Yeah, we all had an inbuilt immune system. <laughs> Tell me when you decided will we give black pudding a go? Well, the thing is, the black pudding was being made in the butcher shop with a hundred years. It was. It was it predated. It, it predated back to the eighteen eighties, and um, it was in for sale in Harrington's butcher shop. Um, all those years, and when we bought the butcher, when Eddie bought the butcher shop, it was really a case of, it's a butcher shop. Oh yeah, and they make black pudding out the back, and that was it. They make black pudding out the back, and they sell it in the shop. But we kind of noticed from people there was a time when um, Eddie was going to the supermarkets were coming in. He was going to revamp the whole shop you know, knock it into the, the room at the back and make a little a little supermarket, a little mini market there. Uh, but people kept on coming into the butcher shop just for the black pudding. And even when they changed the name over the door from Harrington's to McSweeney's to, to Toomey's, um, they still, people came in and they're saying, can you still get the same black pudding here? So you realised that you had a product? Yes. And did you keep 
true to that product? Was, was it oh, the original 100%, recipe? 100%. That was, I suppose, that is one of the things that has stood well to us all the years. Um, we have, um, yeah, we've the, the technology, the mixing methods and that have got more modernised with, with, with volume as well, but it's still basically four five ingredients mixed together like you'd mix your brown cake. So w- when you were having a chat with Eddie one evening, did you go, well, will we will we expand on this? Do we are we should we exploit this wonderful product that people are familiar with? I mean, who was it? Was it yourself or himself? No, well, I don't know. I mean, it was you know, when people people used to go up the country visiting people, visiting relatives or going to England and they would take some pudding with us, with them. And, um, you know, we kind of, we had no idea of the sense of value of what it meant to other people. And then one time, it was probably for a bank or for something that um, we were supposed to put a business plan together. Now, there was never a plan. The plan was... Keep you know, going, to, keep the door open. Keep keep the door open, <laughs> keep the door open, keep, you know, if there was onions to be peeled then you peel the onions or if there was whatever to be done, that was the plan. So it was day to day. But, you know, we at one, I was saying, so what is the plan? What will I write down? You know, and I, I remember Eddie really saying, well, you know, I suppose if everybody who loves our black pudding, if they could buy it in their local shop, now, that's from Kerry to Donegal to every that it, that wasn't the plan. That was a vision. And I, I think the plan just fell into place after that, just started very locally. And then, um, you know, people, people wanted it. And we just anybody who wanted it anywhere, even if it had to go into the boot of the car. And um, that's that's what we did. You're a firm believer in lifelong education and you went to UCC, what, 1980? Yeah, the early 80s, the early 80s. And it was through contacts there and they had a facility for that you could you could do, um, you could experiment and you could do trials and tests. And and um, yes, um, the, the facility there, um, Eddie Fitzgerald was one of the um, technical people there. And Eddie is, is still with us today doing um, doing um in, in new new products and all that, but and um, yeah, back back then in the early eighties, um, it was really, I suppose we really wanted a white pudding, and sausage to complement the black. We were we were delivering black kind of locally, and we had a small little van, and it was literally something to accompany the, um, the the black pudding. So did you go through a phase like the black pudding? The recipe was a hundred years old, and yes. you didn't want. It- play with it because you knew you were on a winning thing. Yeah. But the white pudding was built from scratch then, the, was it? The white pudding was built from scratch. So how many types of pudding did you taste oh, before you decided? Many, many. There were many, many. Um, but we had an old egg in the kitchen at home and it was we we literally did it in the in in the, the Christmas pudding bowl mixes and um in the the shop mincer and mixing mixing ingredients together. And um we ended up with um a recipe very like um, the the black pudding, but it was pork instead of um, beef. But it has the same pinhead and the same onions and the spices and not the blood. But other than that, that's you know pretty. That was that's what we finished on. And so the, you eventually you started with the shop and then you knocked back wall and then you went in yeah. there and then you go well come here we're doing white pudding sausages and black pudding we we need a we bigger need a bit, we, we need a we, bigger van we need a bit a bigger van <laughs> and we needed a little bit of space to um to 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 make it so we um at that stage we had bought a little farmhouse. <coughs> A farmhouse um, just within a mile of Clonagilty. It was I remember it made the headlines at the time because it was twelve acres and it was eighty three thousand or something. It was 
top dollar. You were you were mad. They said mad, locally. mad because it was an old farmhouse that needed a lot of work, but you could also live in it. And um, there was sheds out the back. And um, Eddie's passion was to have a bit of land, and we we had that. And um, so we looked at we we really couldn't afford to build anything. So, but we could convert. And I remember there was a what they call a cubicle house in, in everyday farming, and um, that was the space. So we put in the the, the panelled um, walls and a few bits like made that, it and, good we, for food. and made it made it made it work. When did you realise that that had paid off? I mean, what did you have a moment like the, when you talk to authors? Authors always say they love walking in to the airport and they see their book and they look at people picking up their book and go, wow, I did that. Did you have something similar with your products in supermarkets and outside of Clan? Outside of Clan? Um, we did, yes. Um, I suppose um, one, of the, one of the first people to take um, the pudding was Quinsworth. Quinsworth. And I remember going to, um, going to Dublin and seeing it in a, Quin- in a Quinsworth shop. And at that time, it was just the ring of pudding with the label on it. And um, yeah, it was... You know, it 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 was um it it was absolutely super. But I had the same moment only a few years ago when um and I, I was quite um we were in Australia and we contract manufacture in Australia. We send out the spice now and they a, a small butcher makes it for us. And I remember we were going down an escalator to a food hall and um a friend of mine who's living in in Tasmania and um she was so excited and she said to me. Are you so excited to see the um, waiting to see the pudding on the on the shelf? And I was saying, oh, oh God, absolutely! You know, to travel that far and to see it is is absolutely um, is and brilliant in, and in demand and on breakfast plates and being yes. eaten over there. Yes, with fr- that which began in 1977 in in a butcher shop. Yes, um, you lost Eddie in 2005. 2005. Yes, you very short illness, motor neuron disease. Very short, very fast and furious. Um. He got to see the success, though, didn't he? He did. Well, he he did. I mean, you know, the um, he he saw the it was an an upward an upward slope, and it was around the country, and there was, you know, I suppose he was very much into. There were people writing about the pudding, and people love. He was very very passionate, and he loved sharing the passion with people like Lord Mercer as well. Michael Clifford was another man, chef, who was very passionate. You know, chefs are. Virgil Quinn or you know people that were as passionate about the um, pudding as he was and um, he he loved that. You continued on the business and continued to grow it and grow it and grow it and now you're in every supermarket and as you say you're in Australia and you're laughing at you and you're laughing to yourself there. Do, do you do you sometimes find it hard to believe that you've managed to do this with the products that is so simple yet so special? It, it is. It is very special to us. It is very, very simple, and I suppose you, you don't go around saying, "Oh, look what I've done." You, it's it's just part. Of, I I know it, it. It comes home. Um, I remember now when um, my son Jonathan was very young, and we were on a plane going somewhere, and um, we were we were actually going to Australia, and by the time we were halfway there, there were people coming up coming up saying oh I know who you are now you're Atlantic Guilty Pudding and, um, or going to a taxi somewhere and um, they say you're from Atlantic Guilty oh I love that black pudding <laughs> that's great that is great and I always say that you know we've had a self-marketing um, it, it has been self-marketing and 
Which is magic. You can't bottle it. You can't bottle it. No, 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 you can't. Or you can't actually create it. You You can't genuinely... If you you know if you're hundred percent genuine, you can't you can't. Okay, create I, did it. you do realize that you went viral before anybody knew what viral was? You <laughs> no, know, you you I almost know. created the concept of, of a brand that's self perpetuating through its own success. Yes, and 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 I suppose, I suppose um, you know we we can take me and the the, the team that that um, that that I surround myself with, and we take credit for that in that. Um, I suppose we were very, we were huge sticklers for what we knew best, and that was the quality of the black pudding and the Irishness of it and the um, authenticity of the ingredients and all that. So we, you know, it it um, and the taste was always, you know, uniform. It was always it had always, to be always, It had to be. So it it I won't say it sold itself. But in a way, it kind of did with with the help of of um, clinicality people as well, who are always great ambassadors. And and you have forty of them, forty two of them, I think, uh, working have. with you now. We have. We um, have. Is it, it's a family business? I mean, are the kids involved? Yes, um, um, they are. Um, in I suppose not in the in the huge hands on way that I would maybe. Um, they're 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 all doing. Um, well, Patrick is in Hong Kong and he's doing the financial side of it. Um, Ed is very innovative, so he's in clinicality and and um, he stays with that side of, of the um, of the of the business. And then we're we're also farming. So Jonathan does the farming side of things. But I'm always saying that we it is the Toomey family, but it's also the clinicality family. You know, we Marie is my right hand woman. She's with us twenty five, twenty seven years. Um, Liam in the butcher shop is there for twenty something years. You know, um, it is it is more than just a, a Toomey family. It's it's like a, a clinicality black pudding family network. I, I talked about your love of education, mm-hmm. um, which you you've spoken about before. We've spoken about before. The other thing you are always keen to do as the business gets. Older, I'm going to put it that way. Older, yeah. Yeah, and wiser. Mm-hmm. Is that you can impart a lot more of that to other people and that's what yes. you've chosen to do. You're very involved with EY yes. and the Entrepreneur of the Year. Yes. Why, why do you do that? Why Why you could be sitting uh, very happy living out the success that you've had but you, 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 you insist on going well, back and telling yeah, others about it. I suppose, it. I mean, in, in 2010, Ernst & Young told me I was an entrepreneur. No, I couldn't pronounce it or spell it or that sort of thing. But um, I said, OK, well, and, and, and then when I went off to um, Shanghai with them and we were, I was with, you know, 24, as I thought, big companies that I couldn't even speak their language. You know, that they, they were in, in the business world where I was in the, just an, an advanced butcher shop, black pudding business. And, um, you know, as they spoke about their businesses and their passion and their hard work, I kind of, tapped myself on the shoulder and kind of said that's exactly what we are what I am and what we are doing as well and I'm kind of I'm involved so that was 2010 so that did an awful lot personally for me in so it's it's a, it's only a kind of a I won't say a payback but it's it's just keeping in, involved and when you see those other the younger companies do, do you see a lot of yourself and Eddie in in what they do. I do, I do. I, I absolutely do. And I mean, I was involved there in the Going for Growth, which was a, um, a women's group and it was young, your mentor, um, startup companies. And you can absolutely, because I'm always saying if we knew then what we know now and if, if for these people, you know, I mean, I remember sitting down with um, a group of, of eight one day and they were all talking about their businesses and all they wanted was 
money. If they had a grant, if they had money, they knew, you know, they would be flying. And eight weeks later, when our, when the mentoring session was over, I was saying, well, now, what do you still, what do you want? And they said, no, the money wouldn't be any good because I'd use it wrong. I I had to get the structure right. I had to get my mm. business head right first. And then I would know exactly what to do with the funds if and I got them now. It's it's like life in many ways. That It, it is a learned experience. It that is. It is. You make mistakes mm. and God knows we all make enough of them in life, but it's what you do from that experience that yeah. makes you a better business person and makes you a better person in general as well. Mm. But you can't, you can't go back, you can't rewind the clock, but you can learn, you can learn, but you, you don't, you can't dwell on the, on the, on the past either, but just learn what's to be learned from it. Um, you're in the now and just look forward. What's next? Because you have your core products there now um, and you threw rashers in as well as yeah, far rashers, as I remember yes, the, rashers, the rashers yes. are there too just, just, to, com- just to complete just the to breakfast just to complete the whole breakfast <laughs> yeah. yeah what's next um, well I suppose as you know as you as we talk about the breakfast and the rashers sauce and the black and the white and I'm, I suppose our, our kind of emphasis now is cooking with Clonagilty cooking with the black pudding, the white pudding, using it as an ingredient for... Um, They're putting for it in di- sausage rolls yes, and all sorts of things every, For everything like that. And chefs have been very innovative and, and very passionate about um, our products and have done lots of things very successfully with them. Um, well, as well, we have a, an all-new um, facility in Clonacilty. We have um, a new purpose-built um, um, production um, factory there. And, you know, the black pudding... The, the the black pudding is is the the main part of it, but we also have the standard and the scope and the um, capacity to do other products. So they will. We won't. Is that all? Is that all pudding pot coming out again? By the way you're talking, it <laughs> sounds like we might get something else out of the tubies the, yet. The, yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I don't. I mean, but there's lots of things on the cards, but there, you know, we we won't be diversifying far from the the, the, the core the core, the core products. Of all the advice that you would give to somebody. Having gone on the journey that you've been on in the last forty years or so, what's the most valuable bit? What What is the one thing that people who are maybe starting out in business or indeed maybe on the way on their journey behind where you are, what would you say? Um, I'd say um, have your vision. Um, no, be confident that it's you know that it's um, that it's the way forward. You will meet loads of knockers along the way loads of people with advice um, and you take some you leave some you follow your gut your gut if you you know if you talk to yourself and know and believe in yourself then um, I think you know you, you, you'll get, keep on the right road That old bank loan or business plan that you submitted you still have that? No, I don't have it, but but I remember writing it in the corner of a torn off bit of paper, and but but I remember. It's probably saying, stuck, it's probably stuck in a ban- bank <laughs> vault somewhere. I remember saying to Eddie at the time, "But sure, I can't just write that." You know, <laughs> at the time there was there was there were pages to fill out, and nothing like it was it is nowadays. But um, yeah, I remember, and you know that has that has stuck with me and I mean we have customers all over the place and I suppose one of the things that and I'm always saying to, to our crew find out what the customer wants and give it to them and follow your gut follow your gut oh big time yes Colette Toomey of Clonacilty Food Company it is an amazing story uh, and we wish you continued success and I look forward this weekend to having more on my plate from your factory thank you for thank talking you. to thank us thank you very much
The Red Business Podcast with CompuBe Business, improving productivity with the latest Apple technology. CompuBe.com. I want to talk about the weather now because it is the perennial topic of conversation and it's been snow and cold and all of that of late, but we seem to have forgotten already the havoc that was wreaked by Storm Ophelia or Hurricane Ophelia in October of last year. And my next guest knows all too well about the damage that that particular storm caused. Finn Hayes, how are you? I'm not a bad now. How are you, Kippy? Good, thank you. Now, people won't necessarily know a lot about you, Finn Hayes, so you may as well tell them what your business is and where it is. Yes, uh, where do I start? Um, yeah, my well, I own a garden centre and a plant nursery. Um, the garden centre is located in McCroom. Um, and we have a plant nursery then, so we grow about 80% of our own plants and we supply wholesale to other garden centres around around Munster as well. Um, so that's kind of the, the bones of it. Um, Tell me what happened when Storm Ophelia swept through McCroom. Um, well, in McCroom, we we took severe damage to structures and uh, we lost kind of our main retail space as such. Um, we lost a good bit of stock and benches and, and things like that. So we had a, we had a lot of damage done, um, both to McCroom and the nursery. So we're, um, we lost one of our biggest greenhouses as well in the nursery. So what um, happened? Well, I mean, we all remember the storm and the various bits and pieces that it did more than knocked over the bins, which would yes, be the standard yes. weather. So w- what came in on top of the glasses? Um, well, we had we recorded at the nursery winds over 160 kilometres an hour, or which is about 100 over 100 miles an hour. Um, so just tore through and pulled up one of the greenhouses straight up out of the ground and and uh, took the covers off it and everything. Um, and I mean there was 47 tons of concrete holding that greenhouse down, so it it just lifted it up as if it was a feather. Now, when when people um, talk about greenhouses, they think about the one in their back garden. I'm presuming this was a big one. This would have been nine meters by eighty meters, so it's quite a quite a size of a greenhouse. It was a big one, yes. And every bit of glass gone, every bit yeah, of structure well, this damage. Yeah, this would be kind of a, a plastic cover, so it'd be kind of a polytunnel. Um, but yeah, the 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 whole thing was. Um, now, luckily, we've saved a lot of the frame, but the covering would be gone. Um, we'd put it back into the ground, which has a a big cost to uh, machinery and digging and everything. Um, when, when you got back into the site, because obviously you would have been watching this, if not on site from behind the glass, but when you actually physically got back in there, what was your initial reaction? Yeah, um, it's it's devastating. I suppose it's heartbreaking to 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 walk in somewhere you've spent. I mean, I'm I'm working. I'm self-employed since I was sixteen, so I was at it five five or six years, and we were getting a test stage where we were we were happy, we were producing three hundred and three hundred and fifty thousand plants a year. Um, the kind of things that people would buy in you know the various different garden centres yeah, around the country. Yeah, so mainly mainly kind of seasonal plants, your geraniums, your begonias, all that kind of you, colourful you, stuff. You've given lie to something I was holding on to till the end of the interview, but people will say if you started when you're sixteen and five or six years, you're, you're only twenty two. Yes. So yes. you you're a young entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. But uh, you were a good bit down the entrepreneurial road when this happened. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I say I've been self-employed since I was sixteen. I mean, I've been. Dabbling, I suppose, in and out of it since I was about ten, um, doing different jobs for neighbours and and things like that. Um, you have green fingers, I'm guessing. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I think I was born into my grandfather was always growing his own veg and had his own own patch and stuff, so it was always a. So for a 22 year old guy who'd invested a couple of years in this process of putting flowers in garden centres yes. and into all of our gardens, when you saw it all gone, did you go, oh, "What'll I do now"? Um, 
Well, my first reaction, surprisingly, and even when I look back and it surprises me, my first reaction was, um, right, let's get tidying up and get going again. <laughs> um, it wasn't really until a day or two afterwards that that it kind of hit how much damage was actually done. Um, and what what we had lost, it, I think it took a good few days for that to sink in. And w- which was worse, losing the stock, which you had obviously grown, or losing the infrastructure that I... was expensive? I think it was the infrastructure. Um, like we'd spent, we spent a long time raising the money and getting the money to 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 buy it in the first place to get it put in there. And and I mean, we spent a lot of time building it and getting it to a stage where it was working properly and that everything was in place. Who were you angry um, with? Were you angry? I mean, you can't shout at the wind, but did you want to shout at the wind? I think for a time I was angry with everyone. <laughs> I think anyone who stood in front of me, I was angry with. Um. No, I mean, it, unfortunately, it happens. It's 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 a part of the it's a part of the game, a part of the business. One of the things that I want to talk to you about is the reaction of other people, because lots of businesses suffered during yes, Ophelia. Yes. Uh, there was a lot of damage. Yeah, but you found yourself surrounded by a lot of good people. I understand. Yeah, I mean, not only the the family, friends. I mean, we have a, a great team behind the business. I mean, none of them turned their back and walked out, or none of them. They were all there. I mean, the next morning they were all there to help clean up, um, doing extra shifts and and things like that, just to get the business back and going. Um, so even just the team itself was kind of a motivation for me, um, and the community. I mean, the, the my suppliers, uh, a lot of my customers, um, even friends of the business and things. They were all rallying behind to get us, get it back up and going. Um, um, and of course then nature being nature and I hinted at the cold yes it's not a great time to be growing stuff at the moment no is it? I mean it's been uh, this winter according now I'm not in the industry I don't think long enough but there's people in the industry with 50-60 years telling me it's the longest winter they've ever seen um, I mean from July we haven't had we haven't had a period of dry weather longer than 48 hours um, without a show of rain and it's been an extremely cold spring so far I, I know from my own garden that by now, every window box would have been replanted and loads of things would have gone into the ground. And yeah. I've done nothing because there's no point because the frost is still there. Yeah. Everything's going to be killed. It's a great excuse not to cut the grass. But the, the problem is people are very slow in coming to buy the stuff that you're selling, I'm yes. guessing. Does yes. it all, is it all sitting there ready to go? It, well, it's um, oddly enough, because of the storm, we were, we were pushed off by four or five weeks in production. So we were four or five weeks behind. Now, the selling weeks are four weeks behind this year compared to last year. I mean, this time last year, all the trees were in full, full leaf and everything. This year, they're still in bud. They haven't they haven't burst out into colour yet. Um, so I guess that's the kind of the, the silver lining is that <laughs> the, the weather played ball eventually. Yeah, nature gave you a bit of a help towards <laughs> the uh, towards it, the it end. It slowed down the season for us, which meant that uh, our production has caught up. So the the, the garden centres reopen. Yeah, is yeah. the nursery open as well? The nursery, we're just getting it back up and going. Where um, we actually started filling it again this week, so um, now we're down. We're down to about fifty percent of what we had there initially, but um, it'll take it'll take eighteen, nineteen months to get it built back up. And what's in the nursery? Is it trees? Um, we grow a lot of our own bedding, so all okay. of the kind of smaller seasonal stuff. So all of the summer stuff. Now your geraniums, your begonias. Your, see, people um, people tend to walk into garden centres yeah. and just see that. It, it's it's like looking at a chicken on a shelf, going, "I wonder how that got there." Yes. People people don't connect with the fact that you have to grow these somewhere yes, else. Uh, we always find that in the garden centre. People come in and it's like as if it just appeared magically out of the, <laughs> out of the back of a truck. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff, say for instance, that we'd see flowering in May and June and people would be planting in May and June, we've been growing them since February. 
Um, so in, in February we're in the, the greenhouses and the cold and potting things up and covering them and heating them and Yes I can only imagine the joy at having to do that on a frosty morning Yes yes it's, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Look Finn uh, the, the business is back on its feet again thankfully uh, Yes What's next? I mean, is what are your plans? Do you, do you want to make it bigger? Do you want to make the nursery bigger, the wholesale side of it? Um, yeah, I mean, at times I've been accused of dreaming too big, but... Um, well, you're 22, you're yeah. allowed. <laughs> I'm entitled to it, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've opened a cafe not too long ago. We're um, uh, putting in hot food now and stuff in the next few weeks. We're adding a playground into the garden centre just to make it a bit more family friendly. Um, we're putting in kind of a gift shop, so we're... By no means stopping and uh, waiting until the things pick up again for us, but uh, we're going to keep driving forward and keep driving on with the plans. And here's hopeful that we won't get another hurricane anytime soon. Yes, yes. Ho- hopefully we'll have a nice, nice sunny summer. I think we deserve one. Uh, Finn's Garden Centre is in McCroom. The exact location is where it is near yeah, the Super Value, isn't it? we're actually just off the car park of Super Value, so right in, right in the centre of McCroom. Finn Hayes of Finn's Garden Centre. Thank you so much and the very best of luck to you. And thank you. The Red Business Podcast with CompUB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompUB.com. My thanks to Finn Hayes and to Colette Toomey. Both really, really interesting stories and we wish them continued success. And if you're a business in Cork, we want to hear your story. Our email address is redbusiness at redfm.ie. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and we'll catch you on the next one.